Hello everyone, uh, welcome to It's Technically Romance, where we take a look at romantic films. It is the second day of fall here. We have homemade pumpkin spice lattes. Cheers. Cheers. And uh, you could hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got some ASMR right here, guys. Um, and today we're going to be talking about Follow Me to Daisy Hills. Hills? Follow Me to Daisy to Hills. Daisy Hills. Hills. <laughs> and this was a Hallmark. First of the fall. First of the fall? Is that what they're called? Well, it's the fall harvest. But okay. this was the first premiere. The first premiere. So the premiere for the fall harvest from Hallmark Channel, uh, gearing up obviously for the, uh, the holiday season. Um, normally the first, I feel, premieres are not the greatest. So I didn't have high hopes for this one. You don't think they're they don't start strong? They don't come no. out swinging. No, no, no. They the save business. they save the best for last. I feel, but um, I actually really like this one. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Just right off the bat, uh, first impressions. I mean, um, I didn't know the actor, the the lead, or any of the leads or any of the other characters really. Um, you know, the 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 Hallmark you know, holiday films. They kind of have those heavy hitters there that you've come to expect. So it's always interesting when I uh, see some actors that I haven't seen before. And these guys, you know, they did, they did well, but we'll, you know, we'll get into that. But uh, so Yeah, I did not know them either. So I didn't have any expectations of how they were going to be, but... Overall, nice. But we'll um, just give you a quick rundown of the, uh, the plot of uh, Follow Me to Daisy Hills. So are we going to have like a little plot competition who can yeah you go first you go first on your synopsis synopsize 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 this movie the best you want to go first no you go first Mm -hmm. (laughs) ladies first every time i read this i'm like thinking of uh, just a small town girl (laughs) um so it's a small town girl she watched the love of her life leave their small town to get a job in the big city, mm-hmm. New York. Her mom dies, and she has to stay and help her dad and sister run their store. She has a hard time with change, mostly because of her mom. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> but she learns to compromise and let go because of Blake, who is the ex. Um, he has to come back into town to help save their store. Reading that back, it did not sound that great, but <laughs> so let's see what you got. Well, could you imagine like pitching this movie like in a meeting and be like, all right, here, here's my pitch for this great, this great fall harvest movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, that kind of covers the basis. You know, I kind of look at it as a, uh, a small town girl who hates technology, tries to run a general store in 2020. Uh, unsuccessfully because she doesn't charge her clients anything and her ex comes back and saves the day and they rekindle some romance you know that's pretty much that's pretty much it It, it, the whole the whole thing kind of centers around this general store uh, this struggling general store and um, you know how they're able to kind of kind of save the business it's it's a plot we've seen a lot of in uh, in these Hallmark movies but you know, overall, I, I think they did it did it justice, and there's a few things that kind of made it um, made it special. You know, I think so. But yeah, basically, yeah, that was that's pretty much what happened. We've seen this plot before, obviously. Yeah. But um, I think it's a good one. Mm-hmm. 
it's a it's a little out of the norm, you know, but she she stays. She didn't follow the guy, you know. Well, they never follow the guy to the big city. It's a rarity when they, you know, it's, it's generally the the guy decides to forego the the city life or the the small country the country life. He gets tired. You know, one of them turns down a promotion, and this time it was it was the guy that turns down his big chance in Brooklyn. Was it five five D five B? Five B. Was the co- is the company that keeps calling him? Oh God, yeah. We'll get we'll get into some. Of the, the... I don't know what that was, but so. I mean, so overall, would you say you would watch this one, or is this one of the ones you're gonna just throw in the background? Um, it was definitely cute. It was better than I thought it was going to be, so I was actually pleasantly surprised. But it wasn't like a favorite, so I don't think. I would run to watch this one again if I saw it was playing, but if it was playing again, I wouldn't mind having it on just like in the background while we're cooking or something. Mm-hmm. Why do you think this one worked and why do you think it didn't work? Like what what about it? I was like, yeah, this was a good one. Was it the leads? Was there the chemistry between the leads or I feel like the I think the writing was um, a little better than average. Mm-hmm. For most Hallmark movies, they, there was a little cheese in it, but as a good Hallmark movie does, <laughs> it you got to have a little cheese. Um, but yeah, I think the writing was above average, and I, I didn't love the leads, but I liked them enough. I thought they had good banter. That was cute. There were like cute moments. There were there were a lot of cute moments in in the film, and you bring up the the writing, and I think the writing was definitely above average um, for for normal Hallmark movies. And there was one line in particular where the father was on his deathbed, um, just wow. after. <laughs> it was his deathbed. I mean, they made a they made him out like he was coming out of a like a wound. Um, but so he was on his deathbed. You know, the the daughter was like laying like twenty blankets on top of him. Uh, this frail man, and he um, he looks at her, and they're talking about you know sacrificing and everything, and he says, you know that's that's what a family does; they sacrifice for each other when they have to. And it was a simple line, but it was delivered well, and I think that really kind of showed sort of the um, the strength of the writing because they they dealt often with grief, um, with this idea of staying in your hometown or leaving and they dealt with it in good ways and I think you're right I think you're right Stephanie that, that really did come through in the uh, in the writing yeah I didn't think that it was like heavy-handed like it was too I mean obviously the music swelled and was trying to bring the tears which I got a little misty <laughs> at certain points um, on the deathbed scene on the <laughs> deathbed. it was not a deathbed he maybe had like you know a it was like a major panic attack at best. <laughs> but I think, did they ever say what it was? It was like a heart attack? It, it was a heart attack. And it was funny because they they actually did a little bit of foreshadowing uh, of the heart attack because in the very beginning of the movie, right before they're about to go to the party, uh, Joe, the uh, the lead character, says to her dad, now you shouldn't have any of those those sandwiches, you know. Make sure to eat a salad. You know how you are, you know. And I thought that was a really neat a uh, little bit of foreshadowing because I wasn't thinking a heart attack was going to happen at the party and all of a sudden her dad's down dead almost uh, <laughs> a lot of crying so that was a that wasn't <laughs> I wasn't expecting that yeah way to go Hallmark and throwing the uh, the curveball at us so 
well, you already mentioned her name, but we we want to focus a little on the main characters, Joe and Blake. Mm-hmm. Were their names? I really liked that her name was Joe. Did they ever say what it, if it was like short for something? Was it Joseph? I mean, I assume Josephine, but I don't remember. You shouldn't assume. You're right. It could have just been Joe. Just could have been Joe. Well, we're in a small town, rural of America, so. But very little women. I really liked liked the name. Oh, yeah, that's a good that's a good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I liked her. I don't know that the actress was like the greatest mm-hmm. actress, but I thought, I guess for her character, she was a little uptight. So I feel like she played it pretty well. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I agree with that. I don't think she wasn't, um, she wasn't remarkable. She wasn't one of those people that you've seen her like, oh my God, she's the greatest Hallmark actress I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, there was no like, spa, like you know, she spa, didn't have like yeah. that star quality. <laughs> that Hallmark star quality that we've come to know and love. But I mean, really, there are, there are certain actors and actresses in these movies that you come to expect and love because they... She's no CCB. She's no CCB. Um... But this one, she was good, you know, and I think, you know, if she does more of these, I, I could see her doing more. I, w- I would watch her in more, for sure. Would you? I would. I would watch her in more. Um, I think the male lead, though, was a better actor, in my opinion. Uh, he was believable to me. Yeah, I liked her. Um, I felt like she was pretty relatable, at least for me. Um I love, like, the opening, like, showing her, like, in her cute little old house, mm-hmm. and she, like, trips when she's going to the mailbox, which is something I would totally do, um, you know, living in, like, the little small town, and um, I just liked, I mean, I guess there are a lot of small town girls in Hallmark movies, <laughs> but I don't know why this one felt different. Like, the small town seemed believable to me you know i was thinking about that too because i had that in my in my notes here and um the general store and the house almost became like a character of themselves and i think that goes into sort of the the set design and the location picks for this um i'm not sure where this was filmed you should probably look that up actually but um yeah i mean it, it felt like a small town their locations they were out in the town a lot too um it didn't feel like a set it felt like a real location, you know, I could almost see the Main Street there. We never see Main Street, but in my mind's eye, I could see the Main Street. So I think that was just some great location scouting that they did. Well, it did almost feel, though, that those were, like, the only places in town. It was, like, their general store and, like, and Bob's, Bob's, <laughs> Bob's food stand. Um, so Bob is the, I guess, the resident chef uh, uh-huh. food guy, apparently the only food guy in town, which... Yeah, because that is all they eat. That is all they eat. Whenever they're hungry, they go to Bob's. And he has a roaming food truck because he can't get, like, a restaurant. And so they just wander around trying to find Bob's. And no wonder her father had a heart attack because all he eats is Bob's barbecue sandwiches because that's all there is in town. But it did make me want to try it. It did, yeah. It did did look pretty good. Um, So let's talk about the lead guy, Blake. Blake. Um, A cold, evil name. (laughs) I, like I said, I'd never seen him before. Um, I just, you know, first impressions was that slick back hair. He just, I don't know. He just looked like a slimy, like corporate kind of guy, which is typical again in a Hallmark movie. But he didn't, it almost didn't fit. Like, like the way he looked and what he was playing. Didn't go together. Did not go together. 
He was um, playing like guess... the other, the, the other boyfriend, you know, like how they have like the the corporate boyfriend. That's who he was playing almost. It was strange. Yeah, because I was like, how is this guy going to be, you know, the one she comes back to if this is what he's become? Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, it's funny. I actually <laughs> I have in my notes here that I thought the dad was hotter than Blake. <laughs> the dad was. Yeah. Salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Silver fox. Silver fox dad right there. No, it's it's funny because when we first meet Blake, um, it's a weird sort of juxtaposition that they set up where you have the dad calling from the porch of the general store, so there's this fall leaves all around, birds chirping, beautiful lighting. We cut to New York City with Blake, his slicked backed hair, his Karen Culkin succession extra, um, and his apartment is all blue. Like the lighting they use is all blue. So it feels cold and drab and empty. And that's our first impression of Blake. And it feels so cold that they even went to um, the point of showing a picture of a polar bear on the wall to reinforce the idea that New York City is cold and quiet and empty. And there's no sound either. All it is is him talking. It's just him talking on the phone. Whereas when you go to the dad, the birds, the wind through the trees, and in New York City it's dead quiet. And I've never known New York City to be. <laughs> As quiet as they portray it. Yeah, I totally missed the polar bear picture. <laughs> it's cold in New York. It's cold. Stay out. Stay um, out. Yeah, you mentioned Karen Culkin. I thought he looked like a like a less attractive brother of Mike Vogel, which all those Mike Vogel fans out there. I mean, is there? I mean, so the weird thing about Blake, right? And even their interactions together is when he comes back, and I was trying to figure out how long he'd been gone from this town. So. They stop talking right when they leave for college. So let's say, you know, they're, what, 18 years old. He goes away to college. They don't talk ever since then, right? So that's four years. He's done college. He's in the city. Let's give it another four years. Let's say it's been about eight to nine years that these people haven't said a word to each other. And they they go to say that in the movie, that they don't talk at all. That's what was so weird to me is that how do you not talk? If this was such like a great romance, how do you just not talk to each other? And I thought that was the kind of the strange thing. So when he comes back, their interaction where she's like, oh my God, I can't believe you're here kind of thing. And then all of a sudden she drops it and they're back. They're fine. Yeah. I didn't get the impression that they did have like a great romance. I feel like they were probably just that like typical high school sweetheart um, did they say they were? Yeah, she was went like to go- college together. No, no, she, they weren't. That's the thing, yeah. right? He was going to New York City. She was supposed to go with him, because the, again, their romance was so great, and it just didn't end up happening, because she stayed behind to help, you know, with her with her mom and dad. So that was weird to me is that they had this backstory that I didn't really feel in their connection when we first when we first see them together. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, like, and even even when they're like chatting. It was just a really strange interaction to go from, I can't believe you, you brought Blake here, and then just to be... So really, the, the movie opens up with a very nice uh, opening shots. You know, uh, you're seeing the farmland, you're seeing some overhead drone shots of the country. Like they really, they really try hard to hammer it home that this is the country, people. We're out of the big city. This is the country. They really have some nice fall rural landscapes here. Um, you know, we can tell that it's rustic and country right off the bat. They probably have one of the worst uh, opening songs that I've heard in a Hallmark movie. Like, it, it felt like... I don't even remember it. 
Exactly, and that's my point. It felt like they just went to artgrid.io, typed in country, and picked the first song on the list. Like, it was just awful, awful, awful. Um, and so that immediately, <laughs> when I heard that song, and You're I, like, this, this is, is gonna a bad one. one. Oh, man, yeah, it, was, it wasn't great. Um, and I have a kind of a running joke here where, um, you know, as you know, I do a little bit of graphic design, and so I love looking at what kind of type these titles use. And for once, I did not hate the title card that came up for this movie. I thought it was actually, it was pretty good. It wasn't great. You know, I wouldn't print it out and put it on a shirt. It was some, like, loopies. Yeah, it was a little loopy. It was a little bit of that, uh, not eat, pray, love. What is it? Like, live, life, laugh. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> it was a little bit of that, but it wasn't so bad. And you didn't hate it? I didn't hate it. I did not hate it. Um, it's funny you didn't notice the music, though. I never do. I mean, unless it's so bad. I... I feel like all of the music is pretty much the same. Yeah. At least with like Christmas, they might play like an jingle actual bell, Christmas jingle. song. <laughs> um, but the real culprit, I think, in this movie, uh, well, there's two culprits. The two main culprits here was the lighting. The lighting was some of the worst lighting I've seen in a Hallmark movie in a long, long time. And so what I'm talking about is... When they're shooting inside of the general store and when they're shooting inside of her home, when they're shooting inside of the general store, they have these sort of old-timey lamps, right? And they cast these tungsten yellow light everywhere. However, they have the windows and the main door open all the time, bringing in this blue light. And so the white balance of the image is just totally off, and you have these yellow and blues competing with each other, and it looks just gross. It looks like a mess. They couldn't decide how they wanted to kind of color it, and so it just ended up looking very yellow, which I guess they thought was kind of rustic and rural. To me, it looks sloppy. And you see that in the general store and in the house all the time. Yeah, I thought it was weird that they had lamps in the general store. Like, she's, like, taking off lamps. I thought that was strange. Yeah, it's the middle of the day, and she's, like, turning on her lamp. So I guess they did that to kind of bring in the, uh, the ruralness. The warmth. the warmth, yeah. But it just ended it up looking work. really bad. And they did the same thing in her home, too. Just yellow lights everywhere. And, um, and the highlights on these characters were just overblown. Like a lot of times when they're going on the close-ups, especially on Blake, like they had these huge white spots on them. Just we well, had that, you know, white blonde hair. It's hard <laughs> to, they were like overexposing them. So it was just kind of sloppy on the lighting. And that was sort of the big, um, the big thing for me is they couldn't decide sort of how to color it and it just ended up looking really poor in my opinion. No, I did not notice. <laughs> anything about the lighting except the lamps that I thought it was strange that she had lamps that she used for lighting in the general store even though it was like during the day yeah and so the uh the other thing that kind of bothered me a little bit and it was interesting because they did this mainly in the beginning of the film and I didn't notice it so when you're watching these Hallmark movies the whole idea is that you're not supposed to notice the camera you know you're not supposed to notice any sort of camera movements, nothing's supposed to be jarring, the edits are supposed to be nice and clean, you're supposed to be immersed in the, the love story. Um, in the very beginning though, they had their A camera doing their wide shot of the general store while they're talking, and whoever was on the B camera was just walking around and the camera was shaky cam city, like it was like Cloverfield 2.0, where he, the camera would push in on them super tight. It's the second Cloverfield reference. I know, weird, shout out Cloverfield. <laughs> Um, they would push in tight on them, and the camera was just shaky. The movement was off. It was awful. So um, I'm not sure why they left those in. It just really took me out of the film. 
they did the same thing inside the house too. And there's a scene specifically where the B camera is like creeping around a corner wall to look at them. And it felt almost like a little bit of a horror movie. So just some weird, weird camera movements that I noticed. Maybe they did that just for you. <laughs> no one's gonna notice this, no one at all. So the lighting and the early uh, camera movements really, really bothered me. But everything else I think was you know, pretty par for the course for, for Hallmark movies. Yeah, I think, uh, though, something that they did do, which I was surprised about, um, a lot of alcohol in this. Oh, yeah. In this film, which, from what I can remember, they don't usually show people Mm -mm. drinking alcohol. I can maybe remember it, like, once. They'll do wine. They'll do wine with their best friend when they come over to talk about the romance. They'll pop a bottle of wine every once in a while. Yeah. But, yeah, now there was beer a lot. Um, Oh, they called them drinks. They're like, you need to get her a drink. Yeah, and they and then there was like a total like drunk moment where she got drunk. Yeah, I don't think they've ever had a drunk, uh, (laughs) drunk dial in a Hallmark movie before. Uh, yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. That was pretty. I don't. I mean, I don't know if this is gonna give us a preview of what's gonna happen come Christmas. If maybe they're gonna, you know, kind of break from the mold a little bit but it made it feel more realistic it definitely felt more uh modern because they were heavy on the social media and things going viral and the cell phones like they had the you know cell phone pop up even though she's looking at her phone it's like a black screen but you see Mm -hmm. the like call come up as like a i don't know what you call that little pop-up on the screen so it definitely felt like they were like, it is 2020, y'all. <laughs> we are making movies in 2020. They're, they're not on their Zooms anymore. Oh, no. Not in this movie. Um, you know, it, it's funny. we talking about the visual of, of the phone calls. Um, you know, I, I really feel, feel strongly, well, <laughs> I will say this. I think that cell phones in a lot of ways have ruined cinema. And what I mean by that is they've taken out the need to have two characters in the same room having a conversation. And I think it's ruined a lot of interaction between two characters. And I think that's why we've, we aren't as connected to certain characters as we should be. And so I, they're trying to find ways, because you can't ignore cell phones, obviously. They're trying to find ways to be like, okay, we know we have to use cell phones. Let's throw up a quick little visual of the phone call coming. And that's going to be great. The thing it does, though, is that it takes you out of the movie. You're like, what the hell is this thing? Where did this come from? Why do we have this visual popping up out of nowhere? Um, they only do it for their boss, too, or the guy, this job interview. So we know who's calling. And then they do it when Blake's like, oh, yeah, towards the, towards end. the end. But yeah, it's very. It's jarring. It is. Because it takes you out of the yeah. film. Um, so that was really strange, guys. I don't, I don't think you can make cell phones work. Either you embrace it, don't try to make them cool. There's, there's no need. Don't try to, you know. It was very, like, in your face. Like, we use technology. <laughs> We have iPhones. Um, but funny thing, because she hates technology. Like, she doesn't use social media. Well, maybe that's why they were doing it, because she hates it, and I guess you can't ignore it. I guess. I mean, maybe because so. Because technology is so in your face <laughs> that they, that's what they were trying to say. But in terms of, well, in terms of set design, I mean, the fact they give her, like, an old BlackBerry phone, whereas her sister has a nice you know, iPhone, I thought it was a nice touch. It's, it's the little things like that where I'm like, okay, they actually thought about this. They put some thought and effort into this, which I thought was nice. Um, and her sister was actually one of my favorite favorite parts. I mean, I don't know. 
I was just ready to say, can we talk about the sister? I do not think she was one of my favorite parts. I I did like their relationship, but the sister as an actress, she seemed to me, so maybe I should give her a little grace, she seemed to me like what I would be in a film. Just very monotonous, very like one one emotion, like emotion in well, When she face. was reading that letter, it was a little... Because when she was mad, she looked the same. When she was happy, she looked the same. Yeah. And I mean, when I say that would be me, it's because I can't act. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't think the sister was a very good actress. Um, but I did like their relationship. I thought their relationship was sweet. Yeah, I think there were some nice moments that they had between them. Um, you, you know, I, I think she was a little, a little, I don't know, I guess stilted in her lines. And uh, like, I keep thinking about when she was reading the, the letter as her sister was drunkenly reading it. You know, the narrating part was kind yeah, of Yeah, it weird. was awful. Um, I will say, though, speaking of... It was of, supposed to be, like, emotional and stuff, but I Hello, I am writing this about the general story. <laughs> um, but I will say, though, that that whole scene was done well. I mean... You know, when she grabs the bottle, she starts reading it. By the way, that computer should have been locked. Like, that girl was out like a light. Well, how did you feel about the way they did that? that the text, the, the yeah. Text it was great. It was nice. Like, yes, uh, but I think they did that well. It wasn't jarring. It didn't just pop up. They kind of had it fade in. It looked good. Um, and I think it, I think it worked um, to kind of hammer that, that point home. And, uh, yeah, I think her grabbing the bottle... Like, she brings the computer down, reads a few lines, goes for the bottle, grabs her glass. That was nice. Well, was... you don't realize she's, like, drunk. You see her keep pouring, until, but until she makes that call, and then you're like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's totally drunk dialing this Iowa University. university. Yeah. I, think, I think that's a first for Hallmark. Yeah. So and I really enjoyed that scene. And she wakes up, and she's like, oh, God, what have I done? You know, like that drunk moment, so... Um, way to go, Hallmark. Way to kind of step up your game and kind of make these characters a little bit more real. A yeah, little a little more, more relatable. Mm-hmm. I just, I thought that seemed like a very genuine moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry you didn't like the sister. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I thought she was, she was, I, maybe it's not the sister. Maybe it's just the relationship that I liked. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, I have sisters. I felt, I felt the sweetness of, you know, her feeling like leaving because I left my family. <laughs> So I just felt, I guess I just, I felt that. They got me with the, the sister relationship. Mm-hmm. So speaking of their relationship, um, how did you feel about the chemistry between I, I don't, I the didn't... two main characters? I mean, we can talk about the chemistry between any character. I feel like Joe and Bob had a lot of chemistry. Yeah, Bob's amazing. I, I think mean... Bob had a bit of a thing for her. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Bringing her to the newspaper every day. Well, I know. At first I didn't realize he was bringing her to the newspaper. I was like, he just drives by her house every morning. Just watching you stumble every morning. That's what I do. I'm Bob. Um, but then I was like, oh, he's the, yeah. he's the newspaper guy and he's the only chef in town. Yeah, that's all, that's all you can eat. You got Bob's or you got a Hot Pocket. That, those are your options. And uh, what is this? Daisy Hills is the town? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, so their relationship. I, I, there, Joe and Blake. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, there were a few, a few cute moments. Um, I don't know if I buy them. I don't know if I buy him liking her enough to turn down a sweet job in New York City, leave his life behind, and come back to town. Um, 
I mean, we have a we have a before the ending kiss on the swings. You know, it wasn't interrupted by the sister, which you know you 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 could have almost bet that they would have done an interrupting kiss by the sister, but they got the kiss off on the swings. There was a cute moment when she walks in, and again, I come back to the sister's relationship. There was a cute moment when she's like, "Oh, you you keep making out," you know that that whole thing. But I didn't. I don't know if I believe them together. I don't know. What about you? Um, see, I do. I felt. I felt their connection like right off the bat. I know you were saying earlier that you felt like you didn't think. I don't think they had this like crazy passionate relationship, but I think they did love each other. It was probably more of just like a really uh, tight friendship. And then they had a little flirting and (laughs) I guess kissing every once in a while. But they, I thought that their flirting and banter, like the little car when they were in the car, the car yeah. and she was trying to like hint at if he had a girlfriend. I thought that was really cute. I felt, I felt that like the little smirks and smiles. Um, or the attic scene. The attic scene was nice. So I mean, I think I did feel a bit of a connection uh, with him in the attic scene. You know, I thought that was that was pretty pretty cute. Again. The, the set design of these little places were done well. There are all these old records. Um, it just it seemed like a neat location. They did their little dance, you know. That was that was a really nice scene for me. See, I had more I had more high hopes for that scene because I saw where they were going, like the the records, and I saw her put the music. So I was like, oh, this is gonna be cute. And then and then it wasn't like it didn't it didn't land for me. They had they danced for like two seconds. And then they were like, are you going to do the thing? Are you, oh, do you remember how to do the thing? And then we didn't find out what the thing was. And they just stop. They get awkward because I guess they're like feeling feelings or whatever. So it didn't, uh, it didn't give me the feelings that I thought. Or back where I'm from, uh, South Louisiana, Cajun, we have a Cajun French, well, I guess it's an actually French word, but the way we say it, or the way I say it, um, the word for goosebumps is frissons. So it didn't uh, quite give me those those frissons that I was hoping for. Um, well, did any moment with them give you the frissons? I didn't get any frissons uh, throughout the movie. I did the. I thought the sidewalk, if anything, was going to make me feel that way. Oh yeah. It probably would have been the sidewalk scene where. Where he fixes her sidewalk, and she's obviously touched, and he says, "Do you like it?" Like just that little, uh, "Do you like it?" Like he was so proud and happy, and he was so worried about her, like really liking it. And I just thought that was like a really sweet moment. And um, he, and I remember that, and your, his expression and his is the timber of an, timber in his voice really hammered that home. And the other part of that that I don't know if you picked up on. Um, he said he was going to be busy the whole day, and so I'm thinking he's going to be on the phone about the job, but he wasn't. He was getting the sidewalk fixed, so that was a neat little neat little curveball they threw at us, too. Yeah, so I guess if anything, that maybe. Um, and then the other, I do have uh, another little note that I forgot about was the scene, I think this happened after their their kiss, which... Their first kiss, yes. It was a before-the-end kiss, mm-hmm. which I always love those. But it didn't land for me. It was a little awkward. They were on swings, and it, it, I, don't, it didn't, I don't know. I always think swing kisses, swing are, kisses. are awkward, <laughs> and it definitely was that. But 
they're like having a meeting or something the next day and they have donuts and they both go to reach for the uh, donut and their hands kind of <laughs> touch and then they pull it back and so that maybe gave me like some baby free sauce like i just felt that like oh that was cute because i i could feel the so i think they did that well yeah the like oh oh oops <laughs> oops and the dad's watching he's like i know what's going on here um so i like that little moment um but yeah, the fact, I don't think, I guess I was wanting more passion from them, but I just don't think that was who they were. I don't think they were that type of couple. I See, think. I think they were, and I think the fact that we don't experience that is a fault of theirs. Like, they, they talk about how they were together all through high school and all this stuff, and how she was supposed to run off with them. So they were supposed to have this great, you know, young romance, and we don't feel it. And so it makes it seem like they're, like you said, that they were friends, just kind of falling in love and so I, I don't know I wish we could find out w- really what they were we should probably ask the sister because she seems to <laughs> she's love she's a Blake. really great writer so oh, maybe she... <laughs> she could explain it for us oh god the writing you know uh, talking about like sort of the connections and, and the mood of the film you know we had, we had talked about sort of the town and how it felt like a real town mm-hmm. there was one scene in particular that I thought was shot well and really kind of hammered home the mood it was when Blake was like sitting by the river and the fog was like rolling in, um, <laughs> like crazy amount of fog. Like yeah, crazy. Midday. Yeah, crazy amount of fog midday. And Joe comes up from behind him, and just that opening shot, that wide shot of him sitting there, it almost looked like a Casper David Friedrich painting, you know, where you're just sort of looking at the great beyond and just sort of staring off. I thought it was shot beautifully for a Hallmark film. I thought it stood above the rest of the scenes. It was it was just really nice to see them taking a little bit of creative liberty and doing something a little bit different. Um, and also, I mean, Hallmark is known, you know, for their bokeh shots, right? So they love it. That's why they love Christmas movies so much is because they'll, you know, have those nice little bokeh lights behind them, you know, create those nice, nice little tapestry of lights. Um, and they were doing that with the fall leaves in the background. And I thought it looked really, really beautiful. So props to that. Props to Hallmark for that. But also because they're so addicted to their bokeh shots, their bokeh lights, they brought in Christmas lights into Joe's home. Um, on that swing, that swing scene, you can see oh, yeah. the, the lights. Like, what are these lights doing here? Why? Well, if it's fall, I mean, we don't know exactly what time of year it was. So maybe it was like November, and they were setting up early. I wouldn't. They 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 would have talked about the holidays. They would have been like, "Are you staying for the holidays? Staying for Thanksgiving?" Or some people just put lights up all year round. Like they were just white, twinkly lights. So yeah. it wasn't like red and green or anything like that. No, but they, they were just stringing lights up. They wanted to get that same that same effect when they go in those close-ups. <laughs> so, I mean, as, as, as you guys know, I mean, Hallmark, for these movies, they always like to have a little bit of forced drama at the end where something goes wrong. Oh, the and conflict. The conflict, yeah. Uh, where something goes wrong and the characters end up not talking to each other for an extended period of time and getting mad. And generally, it, it's just really forced and awkward and and a lot of times for me personally it takes me out of the film it's like this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen yeah you hate you hate the conflict (laughs) yeah because it's not done well it's not done well and so when he first comes to town he's like oh by the way i am applying for a job i was like oh great there's gonna they're not gonna do forced conflict it's gonna be him you know just doing his own thing but of course they they have the forced conflict so why don't you (laughs) why don't you tee us up on that Well, unpopular opinion, I didn't feel like the conflict was forced. I actually thought it worked because 
Yes, he did mention that he was up for a job, but of course she's gonna start having the feelings and like feeling like he's back home and enjoying his company. And so that just flew out of her head because she's just mm. enjoying her time with him. They're having fun. Um, and then bam, it, she's reminded of it when she finds out that he got the job because she totally forgot about it. Right. And so, so yeah, she's really sad and upset. And then she's just like, well, here he goes again, leaving me again. He comes, gets my hopes up, brings back all these feelings, and he's just going to leave me again. And I know I felt that. I felt that that worked, and I, it made sense to me. So you bought the fact that they, they already shared a kiss, keep in mind. We already had a kiss at this point. You bought the fact that they connect, they have the kiss, he did the sidewalk. You bought the fact that he wasn't going to say goodbye to her and just go back to New York forever. You bought that. Well, I knew that's what was going to happen, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you could tell like from the from the beginning and then they start working that his his wheels are turning. He's like, you know what? He keeps talking about like, I'm yeah, missing I something. love my job, but I'm missing yeah. something. And duh, it's her and, you know, his old, the old town or whatever. But um, yeah, I thought it was believable. I just I gotta I gotta I gotta disagree with you on this. To me, it was the dumbest thing in the world because all she had to do, and this always happens, and again, cell phones ruining films. Pick up your phones, ladies. Pick up your phone. Like you see, like the ten missed calls from him. Like just answer the phone. Well, again, she thinks he's already left because that's what her dad told because her. Because that's believable. Because her dad said. Oh, he and left, dad, so stay stay out of business, dad. Come on. Stay out of, stay, you know, don't assume, Dad. Well, he says, I'm sure he's going to come and tell you goodbye. But she's like, immediately, like, no, she's just pissed. He's leaving me again. So she just doesn't even want to hear it. And she says she, it wasn't even, I mean, I would have been pissed. But it wasn't even that she was pissed. She says it was too sad for her to hear his voice and know that he was leaving again. You didn't believe that? No, she thought he would. She, she had tears in her eyes. She thought he was gone. That to me, I just, I can't do it. I can't do it with this forced drama. These movies would be so much better most of the time. Yes, you do need some drama at the end. If, it's, if it fits the story, you do not need to force conflict in the end of these films. You there just always has to be conflict. There doesn't need to be conflict. That is life. The conflict comes with Blake's character deciding what to do. That's the conflict you need. The conflict comes with Joe working with Blake to try and get the general store up to snuff. That's the conflict. You don't need them to just throw in this weird thing where she ignores his calls and but it, it was fun because she got drunk and <laughs> it was like a nice it did thing. it did lead to the best Hallmark drunk scene ever props to Hallmark for that I like that I felt like that she was so the whole thing was that he was coming back to help them save the store but really she's the one that comes up with like all of the ideas mm -hmm. of like what to do he just gives her that little push to to do it because maybe she wouldn't have thought to make because she's afraid of change she right. doesn't want change right. but then so you did mention at the beginning like oh he comes and saves the day but really Joe saves the day because she comes up with all the great ideas so and he just helps her would you say that he comes to save the store but Joe ends up saving him oh oh yeah that's nice and let's, let's take a look at some of his ideas yeah, because she didn't need a man to save That's her. That's right. And so his idea, his first 
first of all, the store, let's, oh my God, when you first see the store, um, our first introduction to the general store, Joe walks in, she immediately grabs the uh, dead mother picture wiping rag and goes over to her dead mother and, that was really weird. and wipes the rag. Like That's the only purpose of that rag is to wipe the photo every morning. Very yeah, strange. I was feeling pretty good about the movie until that part. <laughs> the and dead photo like, mother. Well, I was like, oh, this is who's dead. Because in a Hallmark movie, there's always someone that's dead. And always a photo of them. Um, I mean, this, this was borderline Hallmark movies and mysteries. but So we, we see... We see the store. The shelves are empty. All I remember seeing on the shelves are some dish detergent and some candy by the door. That's all we really see. And we find out she's not charging her, her customers anything. So, of course, they're in trouble. <laughs> like, I don't think you need a big city you guy to come take, down. You can take all that feed or whatever Carol comes to get. We'll oh figure it out. Oh, my God. And so his big idea when he comes in is you know, not to charge your customers or you know, stock your shelves. Let's change the windows. Let's take out these beautiful old windows. That was his big idea. So yeah. yeah I don't know that he would have done well much longer in New York. <laughs> no. He gets the job though. He does get the job somehow. <laughs> so I mean, yes, um, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Uh, do you want to bring it, bring it in? Bring it in. So you know, all of these movies they end happily ever after. Mm-hmm. It's always the same. The couple. Spoiler, if you've never seen a Hallmark movie, they always end up together. Um, but the ending can differ for mm-hmm. me because sometimes, even though they do end up together, it can be a really good like build up to a great ending or it can totally be anticlimac- anticlimactic. You got it. You're there. You're there. <laughs> and, um, and either totally ruin it for me mm-hmm. or just kind of leave me like, meh. So like I could be loving the whole film and then the ending can really either bring it home or leave me a little disappointed. I agree. So um, I guess I I actually really loved this ending. Okay. Um, the last kiss was kind of weak as was all of their kisses in the movie. Well, there were only two. There were two. They were both weak. Mm-hmm. Um. But I really loved that emotional, like it, it got me emotional with the family yeah. and the, the dad finding out about the sister going to Iowa and he's like, I want you to follow your dreams and like just having... Again, the dad, I get that silver fox coming in strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved, I loved like a good success story. So, you know, they got all of those customers. The store's going to be okay. I really love those moments where like families come together and uh, it was just really, it was emotional. I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. Um, You know, I mean, check marks all the way across except for that that ending conflict of not answering her phone. And, uh, but at the end when they drive up, I did, I I felt a little twinge of of like, oh God, I'm feeling (laughs) feeling things. Oh man. So they did, they did a nice job of that and seeing the lion outside the door. And I, I'm a big fan of success, success stories and everything. And yeah, it was just a great little uh, ending to wrap things up. I would love to see more movies like this. I think Hallmark is trying some new things. I think this is kind of their, their testing ground to see what works for um, the holidays. And um, I'm really excited to see some more rounded characters. Uh, I wasn't excited to see that Hallmark still hates technology. You know, I mean, they do kind of admit that it exists with the new phones and everything. Well, 
they may hate it, but I feel like this, I mean, the success of the store was because of a viral... A drunk, a drunk, a drunk viral post. So I think they're aware that, you know, it's, it's something that is not all bad. Yeah, I think this is a good one, not a great one. Um, but happy to see them coming out strong because, like you, like you said, and I, I think I do agree with you, that they generally have the weaker movies in the very beginning of their, their seasonal push. So Yeah, so if this is anything of a, a preview of what's to come for this season, I, I think it, was, like, it gets me excited. Yeah, I get, it, got me excited. it got me excited too. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, if you like what you hear, we're going to be doing this for, I think we're doing all the fall harvest, right? We're going through the fall harvest. Well, we're going to see what we can do. Yeah. We're going to go through the entire fall harvest. <laughs> I mean, we, we got to, we got to, they're just begging to be watched. Well, I think there's already like two movies we haven't seen. Well, so. we're going to, we're going to catch up bringing through the whole thing. Um, but if you guys like what you hear, please make sure to like, and subscribe, uh, drop us a rating. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, we're really looking forward to hearing from you. Um, and thank you guys very much. Thank you. This is fun. Yeah.